Hey guys, welcome to Two Bookworms. One podcast. The book club podcast where two best friends talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lucy. And this is our final guitar episode. For now. For now. It's like, it's kind of bittersweet. Yeah, a little bit. I, like I mean, we know they're going to keep going, but it's like waiting until uh, they keep going. Okay. Well, before we get into it, we'll get into it. Um, <laughs> Lacey, what is your suck for the week? So I go on vacation next week. I leave Wednesday. And like this week has already been so busy <laughs> and so long. And it's only Monday. Yeah, um, well, like you said a few episodes ago, it's like when you're going on vacation, you have to, like, pay for it in advance. <laughs> Very true. You're going to be busy when you get back, too. So, yeah, that's how long are you going to be gone for? I'm going to be gone for five days. Wait, next Wednesday, right? Yeah. Okay, because so I was like, I thought I was supposed to come over this weekend. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, well, my suck is very similar to yours. So I just came back from vacation and today was my first day back at work. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're feeling it like, <sighs> and it was like my computer had like a hundred freaking updates to do and it kept wanting to restart. Oh, yeah. so I feel like I didn't get shit done today. I'm just like, <sighs> the joys of coming back from vacation. What is your suite for the week? I finally ordered and got in my third bookcase, and I put it together and filled it. So they finally were able to ship it? Yeah, I was finally able to get it shipped, like, thankfully. Yeah. Apparently, the color that I have is, like, a last chance color, so they're discontinuing it. Oh, you better order another one. I don't have any room for a fourth. (laughs) But just, like, put it up, like, in the garage, you know, you may need it someday to match. I can always, oh, excuse me. I can always <laughs> repaint them. True, very, very true. Or just like reorder a whole new set. You've been needing that for like a year and couldn't freaking get it. Yeah, well, since like the pandemic started pretty much because you couldn't get stuff shipped from overseas where, you know, IKEA ships everything from and then could get it delivered. But I've already, like, I just put it up and it only has two shelves open. <laughs> Oh, my God. But it's also because I have, like, two and a half shelves of movies that I don't have uh, anywhere else to put yet. And yeah. eventually I'll move, so I'll have more shelves. Yeah. And probably, like, little knickknacks. And... Yeah. Well, and there's, like, series that I can turn to go, you know, upwards instead of sideways to save oh, a little more yeah. room as well. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I know you've been needing that for a while. and. You would think that, like, Ikea during the pandemic would want to, like, ship shit out of their store. Like, I don't know if they were allowed to, though, you know, with um, all the restrictions. That's crazy. Well, my sweet for the week is I don't have to carry around this big-ass silver flame book anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm my shoulder in my freaking bag. I feel like my wrist is going to break. Oh, my God. It's so freaking big. <laughs> So, I mean, it's bittersweet, but I'm glad I don't have to carry that. Before we get into it, though, did you watch the last Fear Street movie? Yes. Okay. What did you think? It sucked. 
Like, yeah, the, the first one was the only good one out of the trilogy. I felt like the third one wasn't as good as the first two, but it gives you all the answers and it ties yeah. everything. And the yeah. end it was good. Like, so spoiler alert, turn this off if you haven't watched it. It goes back to nine. It goes back to ninety four. Basically, right. everything that happens, she's like seeing it when she touches the hand or whatever. Because at first, like the first fucking hour, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. But then it all makes sense. Um, yeah, the third was not as good. As a whole, they were all entertaining and good. In their own way. Like, uh-huh. I just, I don't know. I felt like the first one was just really great. And then they just kind of declined a little bit each each movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So did you suspect the sheriff? I mean, I kind of did. He gave off those creepy vibes. So I told Steve, as soon as we saw him in the first one, he played a character on this Kiefer Sutherland show I was watching called Designated Survivor. And in the show, Kiefer Sutherland, so like every year, if you don't know, during the State of the Union address, because like all of Congress is there, they take one person and like sequester them in case something were to ever happen. At least we'll still have like a working government. So Kiefer mm-hmm. Sutherland is the designated survivor and the freaking Capitol gets bombed. Okay, huh. so the dude that plays the sheriff is like a senator. I don't remember from what state in the show, and he's the only one that survives. But he was working with a terrorist to bomb the Capitol. And when I saw him, I was like, you know, this dude oh. usually plays the bad guy because he was a bad guy in something else I watched too. And sure enough, the old sheriff, little demon worshiper, or devil worshiper. Oh. I mean, because you had to know something was going on with him because there was always, a, you know, a member of his family around mm-hmm. anytime all this was happening. Mm-hmm. And he, like, when she was trying to tell him, he was like, I believe you. I was like, okay, that was a little too easy. Like, he took no convincing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, something. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about Fear Street, I have this little thing there. Um, it's from Ranker.com. And it's the best Easter eggs found in the Fear Street films. You ready? Yeah. Number one, a knight in shining armor. In 1978, a young Nick Good tells Ziggy, Stephen's King, Stephen King's new one's supposed to be good. Since part two takes place on July 19th, 1978, the book he's referring to is The Shining, which was published in 1977. Later, Tommy wears plaid and menacingly stalks Nick and Ziggy with a large axe, much like Jack Nicholson does in the Mm -hmm. 1980 film version of The Shining. He then uses the axe to chop down a door. (laughs) (laughs) Here's Tommy. (laughs) Okay, number two, Robert Lawrence. And you talked about this with me. So 1994 begins with a bookstore clerk, Heather, selling The Wrong Number by Robert Lawrence to a customer. Heather reads aloud the book's tagline, it began as a prank and ended in murder, which perfectly foreshadows both her death and the plot of the movie. The wrong number is from the original Fear Street series. Its protagonist, Dina, even shares a name with 1994's. The cover is also real, except for one small change. Instead of Robert Lawrence, the author, the author usually goes by R.L. Stein. Mm-hmm. Two other Fear Street books, The Sleepwalker and The Surprise Party, also appear. And you told me that. You were like, they changed um They changed the author's name, yeah, yeah. Because there's also the cheerleader one that appears. They forgot to say that one. Mm-hmm. So I've got that in my Amazon cart because it reminded me of that one. <laughs> Is it the first one? 
it's not it's not the same storyline. It's the Fear Street mm-hmm. series, but it's not the three that were just the movie made about. This is about cheerleaders, evil cheerleaders. What I want to know is the three that we saw in the movie, because there's like a lot. There's like several mm-hmm. books. So yeah. do, did the three movies come from one book? Do they come from yeah. three? Like, oh, no. they all come from one book. Right. Oh, okay. I got you. It's like their own line. Because there's also, I also read a vampire line of his fear street at 1.2. Okay, that sounds good. Um, number three on Easter eggs, Jason lives. With all the Friday the 13th vibes 1978 gives off, it's no surprise Camp Nightwing was filmed in the same location as, you want to guess? I mean, you just said it. <laughs> Camp Crystal Lake in yeah. Friday the 13th Part 4, Jason Lives, renamed Camp Forest Green in the film because of the lake's dark history. According to Netflix, the real camp, Camp Daniel Morgan in Rutledge, Georgia, is supposedly haunted. And, you know, in the movie, it shows that dude drowning someone. And I feel like mm-hmm. that was kind of like an Easter egg to Jason. Yeah, it was. I mean, if, especially since it's the exact, exact same freaking lake. Yeah. Number four, a Scream-inspired opening. The opening scene to 1994, Scream, Scream. <laughs> what seems like an innocent prank turns deadly when a friend dresses in a black cloak costume and white mask. In slow-mo chases and brutally ends the life of a girl who many viewers assumed was the main character of the film. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know who that chick is? She's What's Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter. Wasn't she in Stranger Things, too? Yes, she yeah. She was in Stranger Things. So when she died, I was like, well, shit, I thought she was like, I thought she was the main character, too. Which, yeah, same. When you first see Scream and you see Drew Barrymore and then you, you think she's die, the main character too, like, yeah. They used Drew Barrymore for this <laughs> scene. That was crazy. Okay. Um, in her final moments, Maya Hawks, Heather, even reaches up and pulls off the killer's mask, recalling Drew Barrymore's Casey in the Wes Craven classic. The pacing, tone, and music for 1994 all make for an homage to the meta slasher. Scream is one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite slasher movie. It's up there, it. yeah. It's a good one. I've watched it so many times. Like, I I just love it. I love the series, but I think the first one, the fourth one's pretty good, too. Because it's like, you know, when they're all older, but it has, like, so many mm-hmm. flashbacks to the first one. Mm-hmm. Okay, number five, that burlap sack mask. Before Jason donned his infamous hockey mask for the first time in Friday the 13th, Part 3, he terrorized camp counselors wearing a burlap sack. Is that true? I don't remember that. I did not I always, I always think of um, the Scarecrow out of, uh, what was that, Spider-Man? Or was that, yeah, it was Spider-Man, wasn't it? Oh, no, that was Batman. Oh, yeah, it was Batman, okay. In which the Murphy plays the Scarecrow, which I love Paulie Murphy. Um, so 1978 plays homage to this mask, which may have already been an homage to the town that dreaded sundown by having final girl Ziggy choke Sarah Fear possessed Tommy Slater with a similar sack. This Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, the town that dreaded sundown, because that was that? about Texarkana. What's that? You've never heard the story? No. 
Okay, we digress, but if this is not your first time here, you know this happens. Well, listen, Joanne. Our, so our this was, was like a long, long time oh. ago. Like it was somebody going around, like you know, scraping tops of cars and murdering teens that were getting it on. But it happened in Texarkana, and like they started, they filmed this movie, and they started showing it in Texarkana, and now it's like a thing. So like every year on Halloween, they show the town that dreaded sundown. So this was real. Someone yeah, was this was real. This was based on a real thing. Yeah, they never oh. caught him. Oh, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, do it. You won't um, regret it. So, Joanne, our UK listener, loves horror. So she, I mean, this She'll, she part, should definitely know yes. this then. She they uh, also they've done two. They did the original and they did a remake. There may have been a third. I'm not sure, but I know there was two. I asked her the other day who her favorite author was, and she said, our Lord and Savior, Stephen King. (laughs) (laughs) She said, Grady Grady is her second favorite. And I was like, who's your first favorite? And she's like, our Lord and Savior. I was like, you and Lacey have so much in common. Grady Hendrix is definitely good. I can't wait to read some of the new books. (laughs) (laughs) All right, number six, zombie movie shout-outs. Sheriff Nick Good gives two zombie classics, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, a shout-out when he mocks Dina's theory that the killers are the undead brought back to life. Number seven, Hmm. playing Castlevania Bloodlines. In part one, Josh rocks out to white zombies more human than human while playing Castlevania, released in 1994 for the Sega Genesis. In the clip, his avatar fights a skeletal figure, much like Josh does later in the film. Number eight, unsolved mysteries in the background. Hell yeah, that show was the... Yeah. Oh my god, I love that I'm so glad they brought it back. I'm good for the next season. But it's not as good. No. There's there's like one alien story. There's no other supernatural stories, and those are my favorite because those are the ones that scare the shit out of me. Well, it's like the host was like kind of mm-hmm. the creme de la creme mm. <laughs> yeah he would he made it like he was creepy as fuck yeah so um unsolved mysteries in the background in 1994 the group runs by a room full of pati- patients watching tv as we hear the show's unseen narrator begin tailing a tale true crime fans will instantly recognize they're watching unsolved mysteries a documentary series where the crimes depicted in 1994 would feel right at home Number nine, the creepy children's nursery rhyme. The local legend of town witch Sierra, this is a tongue twister, Sarah Fear, was it Fear? Yeah, Fear. Yes, Fear. It's passed down by shady side babysitters in the form of a creepy nursery rhyme that is often repeated throughout 1994 and 1978. It serves as both a reminder and dire warning, much like the rhyme sung by the jump roping girls in A Nightmare on Elm Street. They both even end with a threat. In Fear Street, it's, she'll follow you until you're dead. And in Elm Street, it's 9, 10, you'll never sleep again. Yeah, I caught this one. This next one, number 10, Carry On. One of Fear Street's many shout-outs to Stephen King happens in 1978 when Ziggy plans a prank involving a bucket of red paint to get back at her bullies. Oh, yeah. Feet is a copy of King's 1974 classic, Carrie. When young Nick Good offers help in bettering the plan, Ziggy shoots him down, to which he replies, carry on. <laughs> Ziggy's real name is Christine, which may also be a King reference. Mm-hmm. There's several more. If you want to read them, um, it's on Ranker.com. There's, uh, oh, my God, there's a ton. I didn't even go this far down. 
Oh, wow. There's like 25. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, especially if you're a horror fan like Lacey and, you know, you pick up on this stuff and you're like, oh, I mean, it's yeah, cool. You caught a bunch. Yeah, I think it's cool when they tie stuff in like that. I know my dad loves well, this series. It's the nostalgia, too. Like, when I saw those book covers, I was like, oh, my God. I remember the title, and I went directly yes. to Amazon, and it's sitting in my cart for my next purchase. You got that immediately, because you told me before the third one even came out, you were telling me that you had seen that. Mm-hmm. So, spot on. Um, all right. Well, we'll get into Actar. This is our last episode, because we read the second half of A Court of Silver Flames. So, overall. Starts after... They buck, basically. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> For the they first time. What did you think? I mean, I knew this was going to be a battle to get through. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a battle. I mean, it's okay. not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it still took a lot for me to try and push through some of this. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't have, with it being one of my favorite series. Overall, it was a good book. Yeah, I mean, it's still good. It's still Sarah J. Moss. It's still Akatar. But stopping like we did really ruined my momentum. Me too. I read a book in between the first half and the second half. And I just didn't, I was like, I just had no motivation to like pick it back up. And I really, I mean, last night I stayed up late because yesterday I started with like 200 pages left and I forced myself to read it. And I'm glad that I did because the ending's good. But, um, yeah. Overall, I liked it. It's probably my least. Yeah. It's liked my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, the other books in the series are better. But we knew this. We knew when they switched yeah. character, you know, POVs, mm-hmm. it throws it. So we find out a lot of things in the second half. Like she's upset with Amran because she felt like she chose Feyre over her because, and also because Amran called her like a waste of a life. Which was true at the time. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't doing anything. No, but drinking um, and boning. Yeah. So, I mean, when the book pit will restart at the halfway point, she's continuing to train. Um, her friendships with Emery and Gwen are blossoming. Um, her and Cassian, they have a slow start. You know, they have the sex the one time. And she's like, well, it's just sex. Like they all say, it's just sex. It's just sex. There's no feelings. But there's obviously feelings. They There's both, always been feelings. Yes. They both are wondering why the other one doesn't stay the night with them or cuddle them or whatever. Like, why don't you just ask? Instead, I got to read 400 pages of this shit. Ugh. <laughs> and her, her incessant whining doesn't stop for like a good, like another 200 pages too. So get ready. Okay. I mean, it's like, okay, normally the, the chase, you know, like with Farah and Resand, it was like, you know, oh my gosh, it made you excited. It made you giddy. With there, with Nesson and Cassie, and I'm just like, Mah. like I, I don't think it's just because we just don't like Nesta. Like I love Cassian, yeah. like yeah, I love I him. Too. I don't like Nesta. I just don't. I still don't. There was just nothing like, um, like I wasn't really interested in their courtship. No, there there wasn't even really a courtship. Yeah, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so before they, they train with actual blades, he takes her to the, those, they're called blacksmiths, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
he takes her to like see he's like you need to respect the blade before you like pick one up so the blacksmith like lets her work on some well (laughs) accidentally puts her power and like everything that she touches because the black blacksmith like takes these three blades to Reese one night. He's like, bro, these are cursed. I'm fucking done with this. You take over this shit. And come to find out it's another trove. Like, yes. she has put some of the cauldron's power into yes. these weapons, and they are now weapons of mass destruction. Yes, because <laughs> they it said, helps. like... It helps because the ones that were in the world, like, were destroyed or disappeared. Yes. yes, they said that they hadn't seen any in, like, thousands of years, and they recalled, I think, like, two or three of them that like she said, one was destroyed. They think one was thrown in the ocean. Like no one's ever seen these again. So it's extremely rare. Um, Cause like, we still don't really understand what the fuck Nesta's power is. And no. I feel like even at the end of this book, we don't, we don't fucking know. No, we still don't know. We and just I'm, know that she's some type of death thing. Yes. Like, can I get a fucking answer? <sighs> okay. Honestly, I'm kind of over Amran. She's rude. She's crude. She doesn't treat any of them with respect. And now she brings absolutely nothing to the table. Yeah. She has no powers. She's nothing. She's just a bitch. But, I mean, she did She did kind of help save them and the war. <laughs> yes, she did. Absolutely. But now that she doesn't have power, it's like, what does she bring to the table except a snarky attitude? I mean, she's been second in command, you know, like this whole time. Yes. She's got all this experience. But now with no power, is she powerful enough to be second in command? It doesn't seem like it. You know, maybe people will still fear her because of who she was. I don't know. She's just fucking rude to everyone, and I don't know why they keep her around. I mean, she can still fight. True. True. Um, Also... Yeah, kind of. It started getting fishy because, like, so like when the blacksmith brings Reese those swords, Amran tells Reese with those swords you could be high king, like mm-hmm. of everything, like. And then he even asked her, like, where is this coming from? Like, you know, that's not what I'm about. So I thought that was kind of fishy, but it kind of stopped there. It didn't really go any further into that. Maybe since she's like got more of a normal body she's feeling more feelings because remember when it said that she didn't really feel anything in her other body yeah she she had like no feelings so maybe she's like starting to feel like what everybody else feels that's true okay so she's getting like greedy and stuff yeah the bulk of this book i mean this this book did not need to be 750 pages Book of this book is Nesta crying like a little baby. Exactly. And <laughs> I mean, we did not, you could have cut out a good chunk of that. Like, like, why didn't you give me this big of a book when it was Feyre and Reese? And why did Nesta get this big of a fucking book? Agree. Agree. Uh, my theory Nesta. is because Feyre was three books, she felt, this this leads me to believe the next book's going to be from someone else's point of view. From Elaine, probably. Yeah. So since it was just Nesta, maybe that's why it's 750 pages to, like, wrap up her. The her. worst character to give 700 fucking yeah. pages to. Okay. I agree. But maybe she picked her next because she was, like, the most dire, like, because Elaine's getting better. Yeah. And Nesta was, she was on the decline. Um, that was, that was my only thought was maybe it's so long because fit, technically Feyre got like three books. 
Yeah, but, but still, that was like the whole birth of the series was Nesta. Yeah. Or yeah. not Nesta, sorry. Excuse me, it was Feyre. Yeah. Um, so then, I don't remember what pisses Nesta off, but she finally makes it down the stairs. When they voted oh, on whether or yes. not to tell her about the, the swords. Yeah. Yes. And right. Amryn voted against her. And Cass- so Cassian was always like, we need to tell her, but let me be the one to tell her because I've been working with her for a while. I've kind of built this trust up. Well, he totally fumbled. He botched it. He tells her in the worst way. And she, he tells her that there was a vote because they've known for a while. And Reese and Amarin voted against telling her about them. Um, so she gets pissed and that rage just fuels her going down all 10,000 of those steps. And she goes to Amarin's apartment where Amarin is in the middle of phoning, phoning her boyfriend from the summer court, like riding on top of him. She, like she blows the door off and she's like, Oh, hello. <laughs> and she's like, Hey bitch, I heard you voted against me. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, what of it? Um, so then Farah comes running in and Nesta being the nasty bitch she is tells her, Oh, by the way, what everyone's not telling you is your baby has wings and you're going to die giving birth to it. And no one will tell you. And Reese loses his shit. He loses it. Get her out of the city before I kill her. And Farah, okay. I felt like Farah's reaction to that is not true to her character. Because. Where she's just like, oh, it's okay. Yes, because her whole thing, the reason she left Tamlin is because he lied to her and did not treat her as an equal. And she told Reese from the get-go, don't ever lie to me. Don't keep things from me or you're going to lose my trust. I get he had good intentions here. He was terrified of losing his wife and child. He's trying to find a way to save her life. But this is this is also why I don't like the character point of view switch is because we don't get to see the behind the scenes mm-hmm. of what happened between Reese and Feyre. And that's the whole reason I love this series was because of yeah. their relationship. Yeah. Not fucking Nesta. Yes. Because it kind of just makes it seem like she's like, okay, Reese, I forgive you that you didn't tell me I was going to die when I give birth. Yeah, it's Everything's just okay. Funny. It's okay. You're risking my life and our sons. It's okay. And I, that is not Sarah. Mm-mm. No. No. She's a bad bitch, and that's not how that conversation went down. And I feel like she would be even badder because she's pregnant, you know? Yes. Ugh, I didn't like that. Um. Question, why can't Cassian winnow? Every, like, Azrael can. They always have to wait on someone to winnow them. I'm like, why can't Cassian do it? Does it ever say? Oh, it says that only certain people can winnow, though. So, I don't know why he couldn't. It was just high fay. But Azrael can do it. But I think Azriel can only do it because of his connection with the shadows. I think is what they said before. I can't remember. But I know there was a whole thing that touched on it because not everybody can. Because Amran couldn't. It was more that could. Yeah, I think the shadow thing. I think you're right because it did say his shadows can like move through. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, that's annoying. Like, hey guys, can you come pick me up and winnow me here? Hey guys, can you give me a ride? Yeah. <laughs> Calling a freaking winnow leader. 
<laughs> Can you take me and my girlfriend to the movies? Uh, <laughs> okay. Um. So, for Winter Solstice, they have to go to the Court of Nightmares. And Eris and Eris. We're skipping something. We're skipping something, though. We forgot Uh-oh. totally about the harp. The what? The harp. Oh, yeah. Shit. Okay, tell them. So, before this happens, like, Nesta tells Gwen, she's like, hey, I really want to attend, you know, your worship services because I really miss music. That was, like, one of the main reasons I went drinking all the time. So, I just want to hear some music. (laughs) So, she's like, sure, come on. Drinking to hear good tunes. I mean. Yeah. And, like, (laughs) during this, you know, erythral singing that Nesta's hearing going on, she has a vision and finds out where the harp is. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, it's under the prison. Mm-hmm. So, and the harp is part of the trove. Trove, they yeah. They figure that the human queen has the crown because she, like, kind of bewitched those soldiers. And Nessa already has the mask, so the harp was the last piece. Gone. Right. So, Grace is like, okay, well, if you believe it's there, I'll take down all the wards, and you and Cassian can go get it. And so they're like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But Reese is like, here, take one of your swords that you created, just mm-hmm, in case mm-hmm. you need it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they go and get this fucking harp and come to find out. Brown? Breland? Breland? Yeah. I ever say her name. Yeah. Bree. We're just going to call her Queen Bree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she had done something or had some connection because of the crown. So as soon as Nesta touched this harp, she knew it, and she knew exactly yeah. where they were and everything. So she sends the autumn, the rest of the autumn courts, missing mm-hmm. soldiers, mm-hmm. to attack because the wards were down in the prison, so anybody can come in and out. Well, <laughs> Nesta uses the harp to escape the wards in that little hold that Queen Bree has on with the crown. Mm-hmm. She strums a little string on there, and mm-hmm. in doing so, she opens the next door chamber, which happens to be the cell of somebody Cassian put away. Yes, Lanthus. Yeah. So as she comes out, as Nesta comes out, this fight ensues. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But come to find yeah. out, long story short... 50 pages down to one little couple sentences. <laughs> <laughs> no shade at all in that comment. <laughs> Nesta can use her death sword to one swipe will turn the mist of all these old creatures into a human form or uh-huh. fake form. Uh-huh. And from there, they can be wounded and killed by yeah. anybody. Yes. So I think Queen Bree, I think the connection is that she's also made from the cauldron, as is Nesta and the Dead Trove items. And I think that's why she was able to, like, hone in on that. Maybe so. With the I, crown on, maybe yeah. she could see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, like she said, okay, um, I don't remember, like, what the fuck Lanthus was. but um, I don't either. He, like, shows Nesta what they could be like together. Like they could rule the freaking world. He's some he's some kind of like He was like Briaxis and all of them. He's one of okay. like the oldest 
like older old face, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, he really has no form. They don't really say what he is, just mm-hmm. that, you know, everybody fears him and he's so strong. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But yep, she kills him with that sword she made. So, um, and then I forgot how they got out of there. Oh, then she used the heart. Oh, because again, yeah, she used the heart again. Her, I don't remember who told her, but the heart has like 26 strings, which represents she somehow figured out which one would like open shit and which one would like transport it was the it was the harp the harp talking to her is what she figured it out Uh, okay so she figures out how to like use it basically so she's like the only living thing that has touched like two things from the dead trope used them been able to stop them and is still alive so she's got some shit going on Mm -hmm. um so when they go to the winter, did I forget anything else? No, no. Between, okay. Not between that and the solstice. So the solstice, they have to go to the court of nightmares because Eris has been hanging out with Moore's dad, who is like the steward of the court of nightmares. Um, I don't remember. I think they felt like they needed to kind of like reassure Eris of their yeah or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he liked alliance. And apparently, yeah. Elaine was like, "Yo, Nessa can get down." Like, she's been in dance lessons her whole life. This bitch had a duke, like, proposing to her after one dance when she was 14. Like, the bitch can dance. So they decide that they're going to, like, seduce Eris and kind of keep him, like, happy with Nesta. And let me just say, I am here for Nesta and Eris together. I know, right? What would their couple name be, though? Neris. Neris. Aresta. Oh, Aresta. Okay, that's it. It's Aresta. Um, they're just like a nasty little match made in heaven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like together, they could rule the freaking world. Well, and I you mean, know, I'm hoping <clears throat> because they keep calling her like the queen of queens. I swear to God, Sarah J. Moss. <laughs> If you make Nesta the Queen of Queens, I will probably burn all of these books. <laughs> uh, she does not deserve it. Well, we'll get there. Um, she basically does what she's supposed to do. More taught her these dances. I mean, she's a very good dancer, but she taught her like the steps or whatever so she could dance with Eris. And Eris is like foaming at the mouth. He's here for it. He's like, I want her to be my wife. Yes. He dances with her like twice and goes to Reese and was like, "Yo, I want to. I'm ready to marry this bitch." And like, okay, I think it would have been great. I think Sarah should have explored that. She did not, um, because of course Cassian can't even play the game for five minutes. He's horrible at this. Nesta. That's why Reese wanted Nesta to go with him to talk to Eris in the first place, because he's like, Nesta knows how to play the little politics mm-hmm. game. Cassian does not. He does not excel at that. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He see he gets jealous with Eris. He cuts in. And apparently he had been taking dance lessons for more too. Cause like watching Nesta dance, everyone was like, Wow, she should be like a queen. Like her mother wanted her to marry a prince, but she should marry like a king or whatever. Um so fast forward to like winter solstice basically Christmas. Um remember when I said that I thought Cassian smelled like beef jerky? Yeah. What did Azriel get him for Christmas? <laughs> he got him beef jerky. <laughs> that was not wrong. 
Um, why is Nessa going to show up to Winter Solstice when she knows that they exchange gifts and show up with no fucking gifts to give it? Right. Right. Are you kidding me? You know what the deal is. You didn't even get And I love Elaine for like, did Feyre pay you to be here again? <laughs> oh yeah. Elaine was like, yeah. Elaine just asked her straight out. It was funny. Um, <laughs> once again, Lucian is shat on. I'm so sick of it. To be honest. <sighs> I know. She buys Elaine some beautiful pearl earrings and she can't even say two fucking words to him. Ugh. <sighs> Why? Like, if you don't want it, we get it. But at least be cordial to him, you know? He's oh, always been nice. Exactly. I'm so sick of it. The only thing I can think of is maybe Elaine, even though she's gotten better and she's adapting to this new life and she's seeing the bright side of things, maybe she still looks at him as the reason she went into the cauldron. And maybe yeah, something I she get can't get past. Yeah. Because she lost everything in her eyes when that happened. Yeah, she lost her fiance and all of that, yeah. Who she thought was the love of her life. I mm-hmm. mean, that's a lot to come back from and then have to be with this person. Yeah. I can kind of get it. But Lucian deserves better. Yeah, he does. Um, I really... Okay, so after they exchange gifts or whatever, Cassian gets her basically an iPod. <laughs> he, because he, everyone, he knows she loves music and he gets the band that was playing at the Court of Nightmares to record a bunch of music on this little egg looking thing and a few other songs. And so he's like, you can play it whenever you want and you don't have to hear like the audience. And she's like, I can't accept this. He's like, why can't you? Like, it's your solstice gift. I know that you would really like it. And she basically comes out with it. She's like, I don't deserve you. You are such a good man and you have like such good morals and look at all the horrible things I've done. And I've said to you and other people, She's not like, wrong. I don't deserve you. No, she has done some deep self-reflection and she's not wrong. And she's like, I don't deserve you. And he, I don't remember what he says, but they basically start doing it. And guess what? The mating bond snaps into place. As we knew, it probably would. Yes, but it finally happened, and I've been wondering for like a book and a freaking half about it, and it finally happened. They said it felt like a golden thread between their souls. But, I mean, we said this before, because we crossed this before, and they we've known that it can happen at any time. Yes. Um, but they don't acknowledge it until, like, 30 more pages because they're like, of course, having another argument. And he's like, bro, we are fucking mates. Like, what did you think that that was? <laughs> like, yeah. Hello? Like, give it up already. <laughs> Just stop it. But he stop. says he suspected and felt it from the first time he met her when she was human. Because she intrigued him. We yeah. all remember that. Yeah. She was talking back to him and he's like, ooh, thirsty. I like the sassy. You like that. I still think her and Eris are better matched but um so of course as in typical archeron fashion when one of the archeron girls mates um they're like oh shit i I gotta go run and hide so she goes to her girlfriend emery's place and gwen the priestess who has not left the library in (laughs) here comes to emery's house to console her friend nesta like that's a good fucking friend yeah, this girl had been raped and beaten 
so traumatized she could not leave the library. She goes to take care of her friend who didn't even break up with the dude, just like had sex with him and mated with him. But she's like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. I don't know. (laughs) It's my friend. If you call me that, I was like, Lacey, it's going to take more than that for me to leave this fucking library. Like. You would be like, finally. Right. I'd be like, why are you complaining? <laughs> when are you getting married? <laughs> exactly. Why are you bitching about this? Oh, my God. Well, because these girls have been training and Gwen's, I guess you can call her her boss at the library, has been, like, researching and writing about the Valkyries who basically became extinct in that first war because they were holding the line to this, I don't know what you want to call it. It was one of the wars. Yeah. They basically kamikaze themselves. Yes. And they were like, we're going to train like Valkyries because they're badass and we're badass. And um, the final test of their training was cutting this ribbon, which they did. Mm-hmm. And um, Azriel and Cass invite. He's not because Cass is a general. So what is this other dude? The head of. I don't know what he is. The head of the training of the army for the Illyrians. Yeah. 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 They invite him to come watch the girls because they're like, hey, because the Illyrians are like very sexist. They don't want the chicks Mm -hmm. to train. They clip their wings and shit. Emery's wings have been clipped, but they want them to see like what women are capable of because they're trying to like turn that around. They think the women should be trained. So Devlin comes to watch the girls and they put them through this obstacle course, which they find it takes them a couple months to get through. Um, but they were like, that's kind of like your blood, right? Like, so you've succeeded, you're warriors, you're good to go. Well, when they go stay the night at Emery's house, these fucking Illyrian assholes kidnap these girls and drop them in the blood, right? Which mm-hmm. is a week long killing fest. Whoever gets to the top of the mountain first, like there's different stages. So like if you basically, if you survive the week, you're one thing. And if you get to this point, you're another thing. And if you get to the top of the mountain, you're classified as this. I mean, it's just, you can kill. Everyone's magic is dampened. Um, they're the only women. It's not a good place to be. They get fucking dropped there in their nightgowns. Oh, jerks. Yes. And remember, this is the same, this is the same blood rite where Cassian, Cassian, Azrael, and Reese teamed up and got yes. to the top together. And there's normally not any weapons, but guess what? Someone's hidden a bunch of weapons, and they're, they're not supposed to be any. Um, Nesta goes into survival mode, and she's like, i got to find my friends. And they've all been dropped in a different place. They had made these bracelets at their sleepover at Nesta's house. And basically, because Nesta, like, put a wish on the charm, she put her magic into them, and that's how she's able to find them. Basically, like, glows. So she goes to find Emery. Emery's in bad shape. Um... She kind of gets her going. Also, that guy that helps them, there's a guy that helps them. It just never mentions him again. And I want to know what the fuck was up with him. Maybe it will in the next book or something. Because that was intriguing. He's like, I know who you are, and I'm not about to, like, fuck you up. Well, just like Reese. Remember, Reese popped up in the first book, and we didn't really know who he was. And then we found out later on. Maybe this guy we will. Point. That's a very good point. Um, So then they go get Gwen. And let me tell you, Gwen was just fine by herself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Gwen's badass. She is a badass. So um they start getting they're trying they're like, you know what? We've we're all together now. We're gonna win this fucking thing. And they're trying to go up the mountain, but Emery's dick cousin is behind them trying to like get them. And Gwen the gets same shot. cousin that tried to take over her mm-hmm. shop. 
the same cousin that tried to take over her shop. He's a dick. Uh, Gwen gets shot in the leg with an arrow, and she really basically can't walk. And Nesta's telling Emery, like, hey, you need to take her up to the mountain. I'm going to hold the line here and, and take these dudes down. And she, like, basically puts the sleeper on Gwen because she's not cooperating. And she's like, Emery, take her up. And Emery's like, all right. So Nesta's, like, fighting these dudes. Kills them all. And then it's down to, like, Emery's cousin, which she also kills. Um, But then, okay, before we go into that, I would just like to say, I really liked the girlfriend story, the three of them together. Um, yeah. I liked that she basically found what she called her sisters, because that's really what also helped Feyre fall in love with the Night Court, was she felt like she had found her family. She felt like she finally fit in somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was Nesta's experience also yeah definitely and she needed those friends with like no history because you know she's got like beef with her sister these girls there's like no history there it's like yeah. a clean slate and i think she needed that and i think that's really what helped bring her out of her shit so in the meantime okay it gets real confusing because it's going back and forth in like real time because Kath and Azrael are like oh shit Eris has been kidnapped by the human queen, Queen Bree. Remember, she's got the crown. And they're like, if the, if the queen gets him, she could put her little uh, spell on him and, like, figure out all kinds of shit. And recent and thing. And they bear nose and the like, whole thing unravels. Yes. They're like, y'all got to go get him. And Cass is like, fuck that dude. I hope he fucking dies. I'm not going to get him. And Reese is like, I can't go. And they're like, Why? Because apparently Feyre and Reese's dumbass made this plant, this promise that they would die together. So if one of them dies, the other one dies, and Reese can't go because his wife is pregnant. Fucking idiot. And Amarin's like, "Are y'all fucking dumb? Like, yeah, why would y'all do that?" Oh, she called them out. Um, so it kind of gives more weight to the whole Feyre's probably gonna die during childbirth, which means Reese is also gonna die. Um, it kind of adds to like the heavy like why it's so I mean it was already dire to save her life but now it's like there's no heir to the freaking night court if Reese dies so and did it say anyway that when somebody's mated when one of them dies it's like really hard for the other one to live I think yeah I think it did say that um and they die anyway so what's the yeah what's the point right why you gotta do that? It's you stupid. just damn your whole court by doing something like that. Right. Like, and Reese has always kind of been a man of the people, like thinking about the people. So that was really stupid. Um, so they find Eris and they see him like not even in shackles. He's like, oh, they're like, he's a fucking traitor. He's been working with Queen, Queen Bree this whole time. Um, well, actually, he's not. He's under a spell because Queen Bree. She's smart as fuck. And she's been trying to get Cass. She lured him in so she could get Cass because she wants to kill Nesta. Because Nesta fucked her life up and made her into an old ass lady. And she's pissed and she's not letting go. And she wants Cass to kill Nesta. And it was really the cauldron that did all this, not Nesta. Nesta was just fighting back against the cauldron. Um, And Nesta fucking obliterates this queen. Like, she's got Cass under control, and she basically tries to kill Nesta, but Cass is fighting it and tries to stab himself in his own heart, because that's how much he fucking loves Nesta. 
And Nesta, like, uses her power, and she turns this bitch to dust. Boom. Gone. Problem solved. And then, um, you know, there's, like, some declarations of love, da-da-da. Um, but it's like, why couldn't you learn to use your power and do this, like, 400 pages in? Right. Why, why, have to be why was no one working on her powers with her? That's another thing. Like, how how can she do this against the queen when she, nobody's been working with her on her powers? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. nobody. Um, just briefly touched on it. Before that, before the queen got involved, when it was just the blood rite, I was like, so the climax of this book is the blood rite? But it wasn't. So, okay, that's fine. It also seems like a lot of buildup for this dead trove that, because it, it kind of built up like there was going to be another war, but there wasn't. I don't know. How do you feel about that? So the climax was, it's been the queen all along. She's planned all this. Like, how did you feel about that? I mean, I just didn't see her being smarter than King mm-hmm. Highburn. And, mm-hmm. you know, she ended up being smarter than King Highburn. And I don't know. It just didn't feel right. This whole book just didn't feel right. Well, she was also working with that Death Lord yeah. that has Vasa. So maybe mm-hmm. he is kind of who enlightened her and has been maybe. pulling off. Maybe he was like, hey, what if this happened? And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I also thought it was really stupid that... um. So once you're in the blood right, no one on the outside can interfere. Um, otherwise, you'll be executed. So when the girls are dropped in and the guys figure out, they're like, well, we can't go in and get them because we, you know, that would make yeah. us executed. But the girls were not participants. So isn't that a loophole? Mm, not really. I think if you get dropped in, you've got to participate. That fucking sucks, dude. That's some bull. That's some sexist bullshit. Yeah. <sighs> whatever um so yeah so she obliterates the queen um oh which we're getting the most important part favorite has her baby within moments of her fighting this queen killing her more shows up and she's like hey guess what uh favor's in labor and nessa's like she's gonna do for another two months she's like it's not looking good you should come with us so she goes with them um is like bleeding out they can't get the baby out c-sections have never been successful um, they're like, well, I guess you should try. They pull the baby out. Baby's not looking good. It's premature. It's not breathing. Nesta, out of fucking nowhere, pulls out her dead trove, right? Puts on her crown, puts on her mask, grabs her heart, her heart. Figures out which string to pluck to stop time. So everything's frozen. Then she just starts, like, using, I guess she's talking to the cauldron. She's like, you, I will give back everything if you just save them. Save Feyre, save the baby. Like, I will literally give back everything. Um, and it does. Like, it saves them, but she keeps a little kernel of her power that they think was a gift from the mother herself. Oh. Am I explaining that right? Yeah, basically. Reese remember who has the tattoos on his knees that he will bow to no one bows to Nesta and thanks her profusely for saving his wife and child because after she does this the baby starts crying it looks fine oh and it also (laughs) in this magical saving it also helped Feyre and Nesta's birth canal so they can now give birth to any other future winged babies convenient (laughs) conveniently the the healer even says, well, if I didn't know better, I'd say you have the anatomy of an Illyrian now. 
so that means you can have cash in, yeah, baby. Yeah, it's just like this Um, I feel like it left me unsatisfied because mm-hmm. we never really knew what Nessa's powers. Nope. Never really got clear answers there. And now the cauldron, which is hidden away so no one can use it, she can just be like, hey, can you just save them and take this? It, it doesn't sit with me. No, it's not. The, I mean, the cauldron had to be together for it to have any kind of power in the first freaking place. Like, this whole book, like, yeah. this book is why I didn't want to read this book. Yeah. <laughs> I predicted it would be my least favorite. It did exceed my expectations, but it's the least favorite of the series for me. Yeah, it just... <sighs> Obviously, and the new Feyre was going to survive. I don't know. Yeah. I, I wish... I felt like Feyre's own magic should have saved her. Well, and something that big really needed to be in Feyre and Rhysand's point of view. Yeah. It really needed yeah. it to be because you miss that whole experience between yeah. them, the whole pain, the whole wondering, the whole, yeah. you know, Reese going out of his mind trying to find a way to keep uh-huh. his mate and child alive. And uh-huh. you just don't get it because you get freaking Nesta. I just needed more answers. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. Not more questions. No. No. And, like, what did she keep of her powers that you didn't yes. even know were there to make yes. Like, can she, can she, you know, make more weapons? Like, yes. is that her kernel of power? Like, what, what is it? And Cass even tells her, you could have ruled the world. And she's like, I don't want to rule the world. So... I appreciate, I respect Nesta. The journey that she's gone on. I mean, she looks within. She addresses her issues with her father, her father's death, her issues with her sister. I mean, she does the work. Yeah, and that's that's the reason why this book isn't going to get one star, because at least she looked inside of her horrible self and figured out why she was so horrible. So do I like her? No. No. But I respect her. And I respect her journey that she went on because she did the work. She's a happy person now. She's with her mate. They're planning their wedding. She, you know, she's got a bigger birth canal now so she can handle her baby daddy's babies. <laughs> he's like, yo, what the fuck y'all reading? It's like bigger birth canal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she can handle it. She's good to go. I respect her journey. I, I enjoyed it. Um, so one question that we got. Did it, did it also make Elaine's birth canal bigger for maybe as babies? I was wondering that too. I was like, so did she like pick up her sister Elaine or are we going to have to go through this again? <laughs> <laughs> um, so at Goodreads and stuff wants to know what we all hope Sarah will deliver in the next book and if Nesta grew on us. Please don't make it Nessa's point of view again. Please. <laughs> That's Please. What I, I said, I hope the next book is from Elaine's perspective. Or back to Feyre's, just not Nesta. Here's, here's what I want. I do want Elaine's perspective. It doesn't have to be the whole book, but that's what I want. Lucian better get some respect on his check. You know what I'm saying? Somebody. Somebody needs to love Lucian. I need some closure there. And I know we're going to have to have closure from Tamlin because Tamlin's only been going around yeah. in the beast form everywhere. Yeah. I want Azrael to find happiness. Stay. I want to know. And what more. Eris, yes, and more. I want to know what Eris meant when he said more knows the truth. 
there is more to that story than she is telling about Absolutely. him finding her at that border and turn because everyone keeps saying, I think Eris might be a decent guy, but he's got this whole thing with more hanging over him. But he's like, no, she knows what really happened. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Come on. At Goodreads and stuff said she wants a book for Azriel and she wants to know who his who we think his love interest should be. I mean, we know him and Elaine have something going on. But what about him and Gwen? Maybe. I mean, him and a priestess would make sense. I mean, maybe a priestess that he starts to train and they fall in love or something, you know? Because she even, like, kind of says something to him at training. She's like, hey, Shadow Singer. Like, she's not afraid of him, but she, you know, she's been through this horrific thing. But or him, was, him and Emery? I don't know. I think Emery and Moore might. Oh, good yeah. point. Remember, when Emery sees Moore, she's like, oh, my God, she is just so beautiful. Like, I can't stop looking at her. Good point. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have an Emery-Moore situation, which I need. Yeah, Moore needs to be happy, too. Um, but Azriel needs someone to finally help him let go of Moore. Mm-hmm. Who do you think Azriel's love interest should be? Like, if you got to pick, who would you pick? I mean, I feel like, I just feel like it's gonna be a love triangle between him, Elaine, and Lucian. Like, it's gonna be. Yeah. But I don't think that him and Elaine should end up together just because I want Lucian to be happy. <laughs> I do, but is Elaine that happiness for him? I mean, it's his mate. I know that they can deny the mating bond. You know, I know that. But he's never truly going to be happy if he knows he had a mate and it was broken. Yeah. I just wish she would try. Just have yeah. a freaking conversation. Ugh, it's so frustrating. Um, is there anything else you want in the next in the next book? More recent favor. <laughs> yeah, follow their story. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. I want Lucian to get what he deserves. Yeah. I want to be inside Elaine's head a little bit. I need to know what's going on with that girl. I do too. And I want I guess to know what's going on with Tamlin a little bit too. <sighs> yeah, he was not. He's not in a good spot. No. Oh gosh. And then it didn't He's even like... really go into it. But when he apparently shit got bad when he found out about Favor's pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So, ugh, yeah. Um, anything else we need to talk about for Silver Flame? Mm, no, just that I still hate Nesta. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad. I really am sad that it's over. I mean, obviously the series is not over. Who knows when we'll get another book. But it's, like, been my whole summer. Yeah. It's It was so unexpected. It really was. We loved it way more than we thought we ever would. I just hope it's not as long again before we find another really good series like this. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long between Hades and Persephone in this True. one, so maybe True. maybe we and can we find still another good one. The, we still got to read the next book in that series yeah. too. By the way, yes. Ooh, everything kind of took a backseat to Akatar. Akatar <laughs> took over <laughs> the world for us. Wow. We let the books lead us. We let the books lead. I feel like I'm losing my family. <laughs> like I'm gonna miss them. You the next like one that. comes out. Do you feel like that at all? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I felt like I lost them on this book anyway, because we didn't get to see as much of them anymore. Yeah. 
Well, next week, no more Akatar. It's uh, no. back to the regular books. We're reading The Maidens by Alex Michelaidi. Michel- if you know how to say Alex's last name, please let us know. I'm going to go with Michelides. Michelides? Michelides? Yeah, See, how would you say this last name? Michelides? M-I-C-H-A-E-L-I-D-E-S. Michelides? 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 Michael. Maybe he... I don't know. I'm going to do some research. I couldn't find anything on Google, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper. It's got to be Greek. I was, oh my God, that's so freaky. You just said that. I was literally just thinking, I was like, I wonder if he's Greek. Have you started it? No, I'm starting it tonight because I I know I'm going to have to. Started it. And one of the main characters is Greek. So then I'm like, huh, I wonder if he's Greek. He's got to be. I'm going to look it. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. Um, So that's what we're reading next week. Send us your reviews, thoughts, questions. Comments, concerns, suggestions, two bookworms, one podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at two bookworms, one podcast. So we're reading this next week. The next week, do you want to read another book? Couldn't we have, um, we already have listener suggestions. We do. We have a listener's pick. Um, do we want to tell them or do we want to wait? We can go ahead and tell them. Okay. So. <laughs> Can you hand me that book right there? <laughs> the blue one? I didn't have it next to me, and I, I don't even remember. So I've, is, got, I've got mine on my bookshelf. This is William's pick. William, yes. one of our biggest supporters, picked this book. He's going to read it with us. I think I'm saying it right. Steve says I say it wrong. The book that he picked is The Sanatorium. Yeah, Sanatorium. Yeah, that's what she said. She said I was right. You're saying Sanitarium, Steve. Every time I talk about this book, he starts singing a Metallica song. (laughs) So we're reading The Sanatorium by Sarah Pierce. This is William's pick. Um, So we're going to be talking about this in two weeks, if you want to go ahead and grab it. But next week, we're talking about The Maidens. Yes. Exciting things. If you want to be a future listener's pick, let us know. Email us. DM us. Something. you got to let us know if you want to be picked. And you gotta tell us why. Yeah, and you gotta tell us why. Here are the rules. You gotta do all that, like we just said. You have to read the book with us. You have to or give have us your, read it. Or have already read it. And you have to give us your review of it. So we can talk about it. Those are the rules. Boom. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to talk about. No, me neither. Well, I guess we'll see you next week with the maiden. Bye, guys. Bye. Little, say bye.